Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. And I'm like, okay, you're supposed to tell me I have cancer because they told me I had this long list of other cancers I could have. There's nothing wrong with my heart. Hey, Carling. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I'm actually super duper sleepy. I know. It's because we... What? I know. I don't know. Sorry. What's Stop happening? <gasps> okay. Are we good? Yeah. I won't move. <gasps> I know. This is very loud. Okay. Nobody move. Nobody breathe through their nose. Okay. No pressure. Um, You're real sleepy because I had you up so early for an interview. I know. You like broke into my house at 730... I know. I walked in with coffees. Keep in mind, I had to be up at 6.15 to get here. That is true. And, and I just rolled out of bed when you yeah. got here. <laughs> I like showed up and your light was still off. So I was like, okay, well, I'll wait a little bit. And then I sent you a picture of me in your kitchen yes. holding your coffee. Yes. And then I just sat and did my makeup while I waited for you. I know. But anyway, you got to pep up. I have another coffee. I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm going to have to have something. Yeah. How was your week? Um, it was okay. I had a sick kiddo home for most of the week. Yeah. Um, my girl Claire had a bad cough, COVID negative. Yes. Went and got tested, but she couldn't go to daycare or school. Um, and then I had a really upset stomach again. It's just annoying. I know. What's happening? I don't know. I'm falling Cut apart. Cut it out. No big deal. Yeah. Um... Other than that, I don't think anything crazy happened. You went to acupuncture for the first time? I did go to acupuncture. Actually, I've been to acupuncture before. Oh. When I was pregnant with one of my children who refused to come out of me. Um, yeah. I tried to get them to come out, but yeah. uh, it didn't work. But my coworker's daughter is an acupuncturist, and I'm sure she has other titles and underneath that, but... Um, she, like, gave me this thing that I put in my hand, and then she, like, used this, like, electrode thing on my hands and my feet, and it told her where all of my, like, deficiencies were. Um, I sent it to my coworker, the picture, and she's like, oh, girl, you're a mess, because it was, like, <laughs> all, all over, over the place. place. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I did acupuncture. She did some cupping, and it was great. It was wow. nice and relaxing, and... I'm feeling just perfect now. Just sleepy. I'm all cured. Yeah. Cured. <laughs> Amazing. Apparently my kidneys are a mess, so I got to get that sorted out. Yeah. Like, take care of your kidneys. My adrenals. Yeah. Well. Which I always think is such a gross word. Your adrenals? Adrenal. Your adrenal like, glands? I feel that's like it's just like something that's just like, like oozing. Ew. Right? Is that where adrenaline comes from? Adrenal- I don't know. Adrenaline? Maybe. Adrenaline? <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. How was your week? My week was crazy. Tell me. Uh, you guys, big announcement. Lindsay and I are moving bow, in bow, together. Bow. Yay! Yeah, we decided to move in together because... You haul baby. Yeah, well, because we're lesbians and it's already been... 
I don't know, more than two months. <laughs> and you're behind. I know. Where uh, what does a lesbian bring to a first date? A U-Haul. Oh, yeah. But I'm just never at my subterranean villa. I know. So I love sad. it there so much. I truly do. I made you those stickers for nothing. I know. No, I will always have a special place in my heart mm-hmm. for the leans and my subterranean villa because Absolutely. I needed their, I needed them in my life. You needed their little oasis. Yeah. And a little heart. It just like for, yeah, we could be paying the same amount we're paying now, but living together. Yeah. And in a bigger place. Yeah. I find yeah. it really tricky to navigate mentally the idea when I'm, I think I've talked about this before. I don't like living out of a bag. And oh, I always yeah. have to think like, okay, like yesterday I was like, okay, I'm going to Oak Tokes tomorrow. So I know I need my microphone and my laptop. And okay, but I'm going to stay at Lindsay's tonight. Okay, so do I need any dog stuff? Do I have, like, it's just, I always have to be yeah. thinking days ahead to know what I need to have with me. Yes. And it, excuse you. I don't know what that beep was. I did not like it. Um, You're just this like transient little thing. Like, yeah. And I don't like that. I need roots. Place. Yeah. I need roots. And so, yeah, we're really excited. And I'm excited. You should be. Anywho. So October 15th. And how many people are helping you move? Well. Zero. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Literally, you and Rachel were both like, okay, but we're not going to lift all those boxes out of that subterranean villa. After bringing your entire life down a flight of stairs. Just six months ago. A very awkward, like, Yeah, like cornered, getting in with the furniture. Yeah, yeah, I mean. So I was hoping to have enough money to, like, actually hire movers, but that's super expensive. Mm-hmm. So you can rent a U-Haul, and then U-Haul partners with, I should get them to sponsor this episode. You should. With a bunch of moving companies. And so, yeah. like, this one guy has this moving company and you just get the labor. So perfect. <clears throat> it's like $75 an hour. Cause the other option would be to just like literally abandon everything you own in that basement and walk away. Yeah. But I like the liens <laughs> and I wouldn't want to do you that. You wouldn't want to do that to them. I like their stuff. And they're letting me buy their couch off. Them. I know that's awesome. So win, win all around. There we go. So perfect. now Lindsay and I have just been packing and scouring Facebook marketplace mm-hmm. for all the things that we need because we don't want to buy brand new because we can't afford it. And you're moving into a bigger place that yeah. you don't have enough furniture for. So. Yeah. So it's going to have Except like, every room will have a coffee table. Every, yeah. If there's one thing we're not <laughs> short of, it's coffee tables, kitchen tables, although we're short on chairs. Yeah. And then we made sure it had a room for you. Uh, I love that. And so we me. got you an Ikea futon. I'm so excited. And it's pretty comfy. We laid on it to make sure that it would suit Excuse you. Excuse me. Well. We needed to make sure it was good enough for you. And so it'll just be so nice because ever since Anthony passed away, it's been really hard that I can't have you come here or even you can't drop the kids off with me. Yeah. yeah. I've never lived in a place that was really conducive to like, yeah. drop the kids off. It's fine. Leave them for the weekend. Yeah. But this will be like, we purposely sought out a place that had a room for you. And then we're going to put a lock on the door for you. And then it also has like a finished basement that's like a nice big rec room. Mm-hmm. And we can just have like fun movie sleepovers. It just warms my cold dead heart. Yeah. I know. It's been years in the making. So it's so exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. Thanks. Yeah. And like it'll, yeah, we'll just be able to like mesh our lives together all the more. And love it. Love that for you. I love that journey for us. Yeah. In other news. I thought of a really fun Patreon episode Mm -hmm. because our Patreon, for those that don't know, is where we put all of our like bonus material 
episodes that don't necessarily fit the makeup of the I did not sign up for this uh, model. And for as little as $5 a month, you too can get instant access to over 40 episodes. Isn't that crazy? 40 episodes. That is crazy. I was going to say, um, you planned that very well. The 40? No, your, your little... Oh, yeah. Plug. No, but I did have a... Yeah, this is my segue okay, into it. Okay, tell me. I want to talk about... I want to do a whole episode talking about things that make me irrationally embarrassed. Okay. Or both of us. The things that make us uncomfortable, irrationally embarrassed, or just like things people do that you hate. Yes. Like pet peeves. Oh, my gosh. How, but, how much time do we have? I know. That's why it's got to be the Patreon. <laughs> but when I was at... Because what happened was I was at Safeway the other day and I was scanning my groceries. There's a big lineup. Everybody's in a hurry. I am the queen of efficiency. Like, I put my things Sorry, on the belt. were you self-checkout or were you... No. Okay. They, no. My Safeway doesn't have a self-checkout. Okay. So it was just... Yeah. And so the person's like scanning items. I'm bagging them just as fast as she's scanning them. I've already got my air miles out. I've already got my debit card out. Because I appreciate that everybody else is waiting yeah, for their absolutely. turn. And then the very last thing to scan is my little zucchini. And it fell between the conveyor belt and the scanner. And like zucchinis are a little bit soft, but not totally soft. Right. And so then the person who was checking me out yeah. w- spent too much time trying to get it oh, out. And I just no. wanted it to disappear. Just like abandon everything I run. Like I didn't need that zucchini. <laughs> it was fine. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. And she's like, well, I got to get it out. And I was like, oh God. oh, God. And then they were watching me. And then she like paged somebody and then they came by and she's like, yeah, her zucchini fell here and I can't get it. Uh, and they're like, okay, we'll get you another zucchini. Then they had to page the grocer boy. I don't know. Like, no. What his term is. Or grocer person. Grocer person. And then wait for them to come. And then they're like, you need a zucchini? What did it look like? What size do you want? And like, it's picking up produce is a personal oh my thing. And I was like, you know what? It's actually fine. I don't need the zucchini, even though I really wanted it because I was going to fry it up in some bacon grease. Uh, I would have been gone. I just wanted to run away. Left. I would have yeah. just left all the groceries yeah. and and gotten out of there. Gone to the next Safeway and tried again. <laughs> I wanted to just vanish. Anyway. That's then incredible. I, yeah, then he had to go get me a zucchini and Ugh. bring it. And the whole time I was like, I am so sorry to yeah. everybody else in line because I'd be mad at me. Absolutely. Even though, I mean, it wasn't your fault, but No, still. I know, but still, like, guys, let's just move on. Nobody let, needs a zucchini Let me bad. give you a little taste of the things that annoy me. One of them, this makes no sense probably to anybody, but I work at a bank. Yeah. When couples come into the bank together to do like a simple transaction, that irritates me. Like give me the example. Like me and Lindsay would come into the bank together. Like say you had like a sizable check. Yeah. Would you think like, oh, my partner needs to be here with me to deposit this check? Are we just running errands together? I don't know, but it irritates me so much because I feel like they think it's a bigger deal than it is. Oh, so They're it's like, not oh, about... we both have to be here yeah. to do this transaction when right. they don't. Like, here's a $5,000 check. Yeah, I'm like, congratulations. Like, give me the check. I'm just going to put it in for you. Right, yeah. It makes me irrationally irritated that, they're, yeah. that they both come in. This is going to be a really good episode of our Patreon. As a pair. Yeah. To do one simple transaction that takes like five seconds. That's one. Wow. I have okay. more. <laughs> well, everybody better sign up to Patreon because we are going to be telling all of it. One more housekeeping item. By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be just days. By the time this what? By the time Epi- this episode mm-hmm. comes out, uh, we're only going to have a couple days left in September and we're raising money for the Evelyn Foundation. Yes. So you've got to get on over to Etsy 
and purchase your Evelyn inspired notebook yes. and a, a portion of the proceeds are going to the Evelyn Foundation. And we have sold quite a few. Yeah. So and it's only for the month of September though. That's yeah. why it's a deadline. And people have already received them and they are adorable. Yeah. They're really cute. You yeah. and Heather did a really good job at working together Thank to you. create something that really captured her spirit. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think they're adorable. And then just a note on this episode, mm-hmm. um, Zencaster, which we used to record remotely, was not our best friend when we did this interview. Uh-uh. And one of our audios always kept cutting out. So we would be mid-sentence and suddenly we couldn't hear Stacy. Yeah. And then we had to like pause it, restart it. Go out, go back in. Go, yeah. yeah. So it ended up being like four separate audio tracks and... If in the editing, you're just like, oh, that seemed like a weird transition. It's because we were having a lot of trouble. But the yes. episode itself still turned out so great. And everyone give like a major shout out to Carling who has to deal with all the audio uh, audio on. shenanigans. Thanks. Because um, that is not my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not mine, but someone's got to <laughs> do it. You're doing yeah. a great job. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Uh, all right. Well, let's get on with it. All Have right. a great day. Bye. Bye. Hello, Stacy. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh my gosh, thank, thank you. you. I can already tell you're in pageants and I feel like, <laughs> I don't, well, I was going to say you sound like a bit Southern almost, like you're so kind and so, I don't know, sweet. Proper. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I actually am originally from Michigan, so I'm probably like the manners or the sweet or the kindness came from being almost Canadian because um, yes. I get that. But now I live in Miami and uh, I am very Southern, but I am, Miami is not that kind of Southern. So. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Miami just like, to me, it's like a bit spicier or yes. something. Like yes. it's a bit. It, it is a bit spicier. It's definitely, it's definitely a different kind of, like I, I grew up giving cookies to your neighbors when, you know, baking cookies and somebody moved in the neighborhood and you took over a gift basket and everybody said, hello, I moved to Miami and did that for our neighbors. And they, they said, why are you here, young lady? And I went, uh, here? <laughs> like somebody calls the cops on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a different kind. Of, I mean, Miami's very, it's awesome. It's very, I love it. I live here. It's been my home for almost 40 years now so it's oh, it's wow. home so yeah I, I I don't go back to Michigan often but I do believe that my roots come from there so uh so there that's great well we're so <laughs> excited to have you um yeah you reached out to us and I just like love your story so much and so we've been uh really anticipating getting to chat with you that's awesome. I, I'm super excited to share my story and I'll tell you a little bit about me. I'm Stacy Simpson and I'm the reigning Ms. Achievement World, which is something that happened just recently in the middle of the pandemic. But um, I am 55 years old. I, like I said, I live in Miami. I have a wonderful husband and I have this crazy story that most people <laughs> would never believe. So- <laughs> Can you? Can you explain a little bit what uh, your title is, what it means? Yeah, like how does somebody get crowned that? Sure. Uh, so the Ms. Achievement World pageant actually started again about two years ago. It was previously a pageant uh, 20 years ago, and it had it had a different owner, and it changed. Uh, and then when it came back, I was like, I would love to do that. Uh, and actually, it is a pageant that is 50% interview, 
30% evening gown because, you know, who doesn't want to get all dressed up and then <laughs> show off their stuff? Because isn't that what every girl wants to do is be Cinderella? So that's super important. <laughs> and then 10% of it is field presentation where we actually speak about what we ch- have chosen as our profession and why we do that. And then 10% is, is uh, photogenic. And for me, it is about the... I mean, and the system in general, because I also am sister queens with our system also has doctor world. Uh, So Ms. Achievement World is the highest of the achievement that you can have. And doctor world is the highest that you can have in the doctor system. Uh, And and they have the same categories, except the difference is is that you have to have that that DR at the beginning of you. And I don't. So (laughs) and and it's really about making a difference. I do a lot of community service. uh, And then I have this extraordinary list of things that have happened to me that I think means that my achievements have spoken greatly for what I have done with my life. So that's amazing. Well, congratulations. Like that's a like really big achievement. It, it's super cool. I, I represent the United States. It was, it was a dream come true. Literally, I had a dream 20 years ago that I won this title. Wow. How crazy is that? I love that. And the, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. And I, I, the system changed and it became a, you know, a different system and it went live. This was virtual and it worked out perfectly in the middle of the pandemic to be able to have a virtual pageant again because it enabled us to not have to worry about traveling and everything we did was online, which I think is really fantastic. Like we interviewed online, we did our, our evening gown, we we filmed it at home and then sent it in the judge, judges did everything online with it. Um, and the same thing with our field presentation, which was a five minute video that we just talk about, you know, why do we do what we do? In my case, I own a gymnastics company and then I also have a pageant blog and so I just talked about why I do those things. Passionate about education. Uh, I'm also passionate about heart health for women. I'm also passionate about eco-awareness because I live in Miami and we'll be underwater in like 20 years. Oh. <laughs> for real, for real. Oh, that is not, no. a, that the, the, the yeah. sea wall is, is, is disintegrating and Miami is actually going to be in a situation where we'll be in, in deep problems. Uh, and then I'm also triggering my biggest fear of tsunamis. (laughs) I don't like something about water and like flooding. I don't know if in a past life I died by tsunami. That is my nightmare. No, mine is falling off of a bridge. So the the water and it is a water one too. It is. I am terrified of bridges and you know, I moved to a place where all we have is bridges. So that's perfect. Oh no. So where does your where does your story begin? It's a really long story. So let's start where kind of this pageant journey started. So uh, September eleventh, nineteen ninety six, I was diagnosed with terminal lymphoma after getting into a little bit of a car accident. Uh, I went into the hospital, got checked out, and the doctor did X rays from my chest and neck and came back and said, "We're going to keep you for a while." When she put the pictures up, you could see these huge masses. I had a huge mass the size of my hand attached to my heart, and another huge mass that wrapped around my neck, and was literally strangling me to death. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Sorry, how old so, were you then? I was thirty. So. Uh, I just had my 25th anniversary of surviving cancer last Saturday. How crazy is that? Oh my God. Yeah. Which was remarkable. I I was very lucky. My doctor suggested that I do a trial protocol that they had not had 
it was not used yet and it turned out to be what saved my life and uh and uh, you know I just kind of became this survivor for a while I was like oh yeah okay I had cancer I didn't tell anybody I was terminal no one knew I didn't really talk wow. about it I went to work the whole time I had just purchased my first business six months before the diagnosis um and you know I had I had one of those crazy I haven't told this to people, but I had one of these crazy palm readers tell me I was going to die at 30. So when I turned 30, oh. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. And and then three months later, I, this happens. I'm like, this is what they were talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, you know, I, I was lucky that I just like went with that gut feeling that told me, okay, follow these, these doctors and believe in what they're saying. And um, I did do alternative uh, medicine and meditation things with in conjunction with traditional medicine. Uh, and I'm, I was really happy that within six months I had no tumors left, which was remarkable. I'm a miracle. Like there's no doubt about it. I, I pretty much just was a survivor for a bit for five years. And September 11th, 2001 was the morning I got up and I would survive five years and fantastic. Hooray. And then I turned on the TV and I went, Oh no. Oh, oh God. Yeah you know, it was really a catalyst for major change for me. Like I realized I'd been given a gift at that point. I really was just like, okay, whatever. I had cancer kind of girl. And then yeah. all of a sudden I had this fire lit underneath my butt that said, you know, uh, no, you, you have a, a purpose. You've got to go figure out what that is. And, um, I had at that point, the business that I'd bought five years later was a multi-million dollar business. Um, I was miserable. I was working 80, 90 hours a week. Um, so I sold it for $10 on a laptop <laughs> oh, wow! Oh my God. just to get rid of it, just to get rid of it. Like I had a business partner and it was just, a, it was a bad relationship. It was like my worst divorce ever. And I just was oh. like, I'm out. So I, I moved to Texas to go work with some of the gymnastics Olympians. Cause I, I, I had a gymnastics company and I'll never forget what this Olympian was like, I've been to openings to your gyms. Why do you want to come to me? And I was like, because I just want to get out of town. I need something new. The universe just told me I need to change my life. At that point, started really looking and soul searching, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I came across a flyer for an endurance program that, to raise money for a cancer charity. And I said, yep, that's it. I'm going to ride 100 miles on my bike and raise money for this charity. <laughs> And my doctor was like, oh, oh no, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And so the organization said to me, well, would you like to come and speak as a patient to inspire people to get involved in the organization? And I was like, sure. I'd never told anybody my story. Like, I literally was like, oh, okay. And I have Asperger's, so like the idea of being in front of a bunch of people and speaking, even though I teach, like that—that's my my passion. It's a whole yeah. lot different to be speaking to a bunch of four-year-olds than it is to be speaking to adults. Yeah, uh, totally. But I stood up on a stage in front of a bunch of strangers and I said, "Hi, my name is Stacy." And on September eleventh, nineteen ninety-six, I was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And here, give a bunch of money to these people. <laughs> <laughs> and and and. Honestly, I mean, I, I, it was only a group of like 10 people. It wasn't a huge thing, but um, that was the first time I'd ever said those words. Like I had never told my family. I never told any of my friends that I was terminal. So it was a big deal. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So, um, you know, and that was really that moment where I went, okay, there's something to this. Because immediately everybody that was in the room went over and signed up to do this endurance training program. And I was like, wow, my words can actually inspire people. And I was like, I mean, because it was also, uh, it was a blood cancer group. And so there was also like a four-year-old standing next to me. And I was like, see the kid, the kid's right there. That's who you need to get help them go. And and, yeah. <laughs> and and it was, which was kind of awkward, I guess, in a way too, because then I started doing all of these information meetings and like, I became like this poster child for this organization in Texas. And, and every meeting I went to, there was always this little kid standing next to me. And I was like, oh, God, man, these people must think I'm like some kind of weirdo. Cause here's this 30 year old <laughs> telling their story that, you know, there's this kid next door. And one of the people at the end um, of a meeting walked up to me. He goes, I am so grateful you were here because he says, you telling the story of your exact experience made me cry. Whereas hearing a parent tell the story of the child, which is extremely empathetic, I understand that what they're going through is awful, but you gave a story and and depth to what their story was. And I was like, all right, well, there you go. And then... I started thinking, well, what else can I do? How can I do this? What can I do to help? And that's when I had that dream that I won a pageant. And I went, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear a crown and tell all these people <laughs> that I am going to be queen and that's going to open all these <laughs> doors. And, and it did. Like I, I, I started competing and I started winning all of these um, crazy titles. And, you know, I've had eight international titles since 2003. Wow. Good for you. Which has been great. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's strange to think that because you know, I'm 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 not your typical pageant girl. I'm a size sixteen. Um, I'm five foot three on a good day, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I I literally it was right after Miss Congeniality came out, and I was like, I'm Sandra Bullock. I snort. So if you get me to a good place, I will snort for you. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> I know nothing about makeup. Like my mom had put me in a pageant when I was 16 and I wore blue eyeshadow with a pink dress. I was like, whatever. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> wow. about this. You know, it's been a great opportunity for me to be able to tell the story and um, really kind of like empower people. And that really led me to, to talking to as many, you know, people as I could. I, I've been on TV and radio and worked with several different cancer charities and to date I've raised over four million dollars for different cancer charities which I think is phenomenal um yeah that's so amazing wow uh and and that activism you know has continued for me uh fast fast forward a little bit to 2008 and um, the doctors had told me when I originally did my original treatments for my original cancer they said well there's a 30 percent chance you're going to get another cancer and I was highly followed all the time. I was getting, you know, mammograms at 35. Um, in 2008, they found my first t- tumor that was a secondary t- tumor caused by my original treatments. Um, luckily, mm-hmm. they found it. So it was like, like 0.5, you know, uh, stage. So it was before it was really mm-hmm. stageable in my right breast and went in and they just extracted it. And I kind of went on my happy little way. In 2010, a friend of mine was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and she said, listen, I need you. Come come home. I was like, I've got a business here. Like, I, I had started my own business. I left 
working with the Olympians and because that was nuts. That's that was a place I didn't belong. Uh, and I started my own little thing called Imagination, like down the street from this amazing Olympian program. And and then she's like, nope, I need you to come home. Like and I went, OK, packed up everything in Texas, moved back to Miami, like sold my business here in, in Texas wow. and, and went home. And um, I moved in with a friend and then he and I both kind of, I call him my brother because he's kind of the person that has been my best friend this whole time. He was, you know, through, he was the person literally, you know, hanging, hanging onto the barf bucket. I'd be like, barf patrol. He's like, I'm on my way. (laughs) (laughs) So he, he was doing the same thing for our friend. Like he literally was, you know, he's like, I have been, I have trained for this. I know how to do this. Oh my gosh. So we, we both went, you know, we both were there to take care of her. And um, a couple days before she died, she was like, Hey, stay. What what would happen if you died tomorrow? Like, what would you want to hear at your funeral? And I'm like, we're not talking about this stuff. Like, I didn't talk about this stuff when I was sick and anything that I've been through. I'm not doing it. Like, we're not going to have yeah. this conversation. Uh, I'm here to make sure that you get better. And we have all these amazing plans and all of these amazing things that we are going to do with our lives. And you just stop that thought. And she's like, no, I need it. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I never thought about dying. I never thought about, yeah. like, I only thought, okay, we're going to get cured. Like, and it wasn't, I was in denial when I had my cancer. It just was, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. You know, I, and, and many people ask me, well, did you think, you know, final arrangements, tri- trip around the world, like bucket list? I was like, no, it's going to be fine. We're just going to do this thing. And I'll lose my hair and puke and it'll be all right. We'll be due, you know, get through it. And then I said to her, well, you know, I want to know that I changed somebody's life. And she looked at me and she goes, you did. And she died two days later. She had a stroke about 12 hours after that. She left me a small amount of money. So I started to imagination again there or here. You know, she, (laughs) ironically, um, her brother and I started dating during when we were sitting Shiva, we're Jewish. And I was like, all of a sudden, he's also on the spectrum. All of a sudden he reached over and grabbed my hand and the entire family went, he touched somebody. Oh my gosh. He must really like you. <laughs> like, why did, why did he do that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you guys are so weird. And then one night, um, my friend got me some, some champagne. It was the last night of Shiva and I don't drink my, my friend that was my, my bar patrol friend. And, and then the next thing I knew, I was like living in this posh high rise apartment because they are super wealthy. And I'm looking at this, you know, the, the ocean, Atlantic ocean every single morning. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> Cause I'm wow. getting this, this guy that is super, super wealthy. And I'm just like, this is weird. <laughs> I mean, it didn't last very long. It was, it was just, so anyway, so like now I, I don't know. What do you guys want to know from that? Well, shortly after, um, I was, like my friend died. I was training for an endurance program because I decided I was going to actually do one of the things that I was raising money for. Uh, and I was coughing up blood and we couldn't understand why. And, I'm living with this guy and he's like, will you just stop coughing, go to the hospital and I didn't have insurance. I go to the hospital on the third visit. They had kept diagnosing me with pneumonia and then they, one of the doctors was like, I think you have heart failure. And I went, what? 
And I'm like, okay, you're supposed to tell me I have cancer because they told me I had this long list of other cancers I could have. There's nothing wrong with my heart. Everything is fine. You're you're delusional. And, <laughs> and um, no, I had heart failure. <laughs> and so, like, what do you even – so how old are you now when you get diagnosed with heart failure? Uh, I was 45. So God, and, like, how do you even – process that um that one was really hard because I, I i wasn't emotionally ready i was emotionally ready to hear i had cancer like i was like and i looked at the doctor i'm like tell me i have cancer again i can handle that like i know what that is yeah. this is this is my heart like if there's something wrong with my heart like that's not okay and he's like we'll just give you some meds he says it's really treatable like for the most part he said that we'll, we'll see how you react to it and I got put on meds that really Im- immediately helped. Um, my heart function at that point was 45% um, for oh a woman. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they consider 30% to be totally disabled. Uh, and they consider, like, normal for a woman in their 40s probably to be around 70%. So I was I was definitely affected. Uh, but I was yeah. I, I mean, I went back to training like less than six weeks later. I went back to training for for the marathon I was training for. So, um, like because the medication helped improve your heart function. Yeah, the medication helped improve my heart function immediately. I mean, I was really tired and groggy, and luckily I nap. Like I'm probably the only adult I know that's since my 30s going. Nope, it's nap time. I'll see you guys in four. <laughs> that is my favorite time. Is nap time. <laughs> Nap time is like the best part of the day. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and my husband now like laughs. He goes, it's 47 minutes. It's always exactly 47 minutes. He goes, I don't know how oh, that's do so it. funny. But, but it got is an internal clock. Yeah. yeah. So, and it tells me it's like, it'll be like, uh, nap time. Uh, yeah, I can look at the clock and go, Oh, it's that time of day. So anyway, oh God. so is your, is your husband, the guy, your friend's brother? No. No, I ended up leaving him right after I got diagnosed with heart failure. Actually, I got out of the hospital from the heart failure diagnosis. And he said to my my other friend that that is the, the bar patrol guy, his name is Scott. He said to Scott, he says, do you mind like taking care of her for the weekend? And I'm like, what am I, a dog? Like, what? Yeah. Like, okay, sure. So Scott's like, yeah, that's fine. And this was on a Friday night and Sunday afternoon, I went back to our, our shared apartment. And as I was driving home, all of a sudden I went, he's seeing somebody. Uh, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what made me uh-huh. think that, but I walked in and I looked at him and I'm like, so who is she? And he goes, what? And I'm like, I don't uh-huh. know, but who is she? He's like, why would you say that? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I have this amazing apartment that, you know, the elevator opens to our house, but something tells me that you have been dating somebody. How long have you been dating her? And he said, Oh, about three weeks. And I went, okay. Peace uh, out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's the end of that. And, and we, we live in a, in a fairly, and that, that neighbor is very affluent in that part of the, the area that I lived. And he's like, well, you can't leave. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watch me. Yeah. <laughs> I started packing a bag and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I am leaving. And he's like, you can't. And I went, uh, okay. Now I'm going to leave even harder. Yeah. 
the problem was is that like I my my business was barely making money at that point like I really Mm. you know I, I so I and I didn't I didn't take anything from him. So I was like, I came into this relationship with, you know, a Ford Escort in my clothes and I am leaving this relationship with Ford Escort in the clothes. He's like, well, you've got to stay in the neighborhood. I'm like, dude, the average rent here is $3,000 a month. I don't know Oof. what you think is going to happen, but it's not going to happen. But I, I did end up finding a place that was 500 I mean, literally, it was filled with cockroaches and it was oh, $500 a month. It was built in the 40s. <clears throat> like it had all of the original appliances from the 40s it was really horrific but it was really the place that I kind of got myself back and I really had time by myself to really focus on things and all the stuff that had happened and a month later I would my my friend Scott works at a children's hospital and that weekend that I'd stayed with him he'd seen something on my back and he's like listen stay you need to go get that check I'm like whatever dude I'll get it checked whenever and he's like no it didn't look right so I went to visit him at the hospital and he took me to the head of dermatology at the children's hospital and went here look at her (laughs) (laughs) and immediately she did a biopsy and it turned out that I had my third cancer. So I had had basal cell skin cancer, stage three, and then immediately had to start a topical chemotherapy. So the very wealthy guy every night came over to the house and put this medication on my back for a month, every single night. He's like, you know, you you don't have to live here. You can come home. Like, no, dude, no, no. Thank you for being here. I really love you, but I don't I don't need this in my life. Like I need to be alone. Yeah. It was interesting. And then I kind of like started to rebuild my whole thing and really put my time and my energy in the business and the things that I really, the dreams I wanted to create. I started uh, training for a triathlon a year later. And on my first big ride, I'd done a 10 mile ride. I was riding home and in front of, and in a bike lane and in front of a hospital, a truck ran red and red light and ran me over. Oh my God. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. And so what's happening now with your heart? Well, that is a great question. So at that point, my heart was stable. The medications were working. Um, I'm still doing well in consideration of what was going on with, you know, heart failure. Yeah. After the accident, not so much. Like, Mm. uh, yeah, I, I had, I had severe damage. Um, I had over 20 damaged discs in my back I had no right knee my knee was destroyed because I went underneath the truck my shoulder my my left shoulder where the impact happened was destroyed I had to learn how to walk like your car was the least of your worries (laughs) at that direct moment yeah I mean it was the least of my worries like it was not I mean it was it was definitely starting to get worse and I could feel it and I knew it was getting worse luckily I, I got bored when I was learning, when I was in the rehab facility, learning to walk again. I started talking to somebody online. The wealthy guy bought me a membership to match. And the next thing I knew, I was online dating. And I met <laughs> I met this awesome guy that um, when I could finally was walking and stuff, I went out to have some tea on the water and I'm married to him now. So how Aww. wickedly cool is that? And I met him in September of 2011 and February 14th, 2012, my heart function had dropped to 10% and they told me I needed to have transplant and they were going to put in a pacemaker defibrillator to keep my heart going until they could get me a new heart. And so on Valentine's Day, I got my 
defibrillator and my pacemaker defibrillator. And while I was in surgery, they took him aside and because I'd given him power of attorney and medical surrogate and everything. And they said, listen, man, she's not going to make it like you need to to start talking or thinking about what you're gonna do and he proposed yeah oh so on valentine's day my broken heart got fixed (laughs) oh my god that's so special wow i can't i i I know i just i'm still stuck on the got hit by a truck yeah like was there at least some insurance money that came out of that that is a great question as well It was a company truck, so it was a utility vehicle. Mike and I got married two weeks later. So like then we're dealing with the fact that now I have to get a transplant. What are we going to do? I hired an attorney because I I called my ex who was an attorney and I said to him, hey, dude, I'm in the middle of the the street and I need you and his family. And he all came to the hospital and he's like, I will get you an attorney. We will we will handle all of this for you. And I was like, "Okay, perfect. And he actually paid, you know, all of my my expenses for me because I didn't have insurance. So um, he was pretty phenomenal. So that was a godsend in and of itself. The lawsuit kind of thing, we originally had this really huge number because it was a really big company. I cannot say the name Mm. of the company, but let's just say they provide really great internet services internationally. We'll just (laughs) say that. Okay. Okay. And, you know, the big number was really big, multiple millions of dollars. And I said to to Mike, I said, well, what what do we do if we had that kind of money? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. Let's make a list of what we could do if we could do anything. So we came up with our bucket list. Uh, In the middle of me, you know, it was crazy things. Like I want to be on Ellen. Like that is like the number one thing mm-hmm. I want. I want to be on Ellen DeGeneres. I want her to hear me say, congratulations, you're amazing. And whatever. The other thing was to become a member of club 33, which is a super elite club at Disneyland. Cause I'm a huge mm-hmm. Disney person. And then like all the other stuff was like, I, I wanted to go to Vegas to go see Miss USA. Well, that ended up, I was at Miss universe. So Vegas on the red carpet myself doing interviews. So that was kind of like, <laughs> wow. that, that was, was my first time in Vegas, which is like, okay, well, I guess if you're going to go big, put it out in the universe and go big. Yeah. yeah. Wow. In the midst of all of that, you know, we're waiting for the heart. I'm going to ER often. One of the ER visits, uh, a fourth year medical student who was on his ER reta- rotation said, hey, has anybody talked to you about stem cells? And I'm like, well, I don't have cancer, dude. Like, why, why would I care about stem cells? And he goes, nope, we have a program here where we can regrow the damage to your heart. And I went, wow. say what? Say what? What? And he's like, yeah. And I said, well, I want to know more because I'm really a science nerd. Like I was like, the reason I did the original you know, cancer protocol was because it was new. I wanted to be that person that they tried it on. So I figured, yeah. well, I'm going to just throw my body to science and we're going to do this. It took two years, but I was the first female in this study to ever receive cardiac stem cells because the protocol had been made for men. And wow. Oh, wow. And so what did it do for you? Like, did it did it work? I don't know what that yeah, means. But. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's two parts to that story. So when they inject the stem cells, they actually do, inject it directly into your heart through a cardiac cath. I know kind of, kind of medical, which I mean, you have to, you, I, I'd had many cardiac caths at that point. So they come in through a vein and you're awake and I'm like, oh, I can feel that. That's so cool. Oh. <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> <"Dude, it's working." laughs> 
Um, but while oh they gosh. were in there, they were pulling out from giving me the stem cells and the doctor panicked and I heard him screaming and I'm like, what's mm. wrong? And he's like, no, nothing's wrong. I'm like, you're lying. I can hear all because <laughs> the room was filled with all of these medical students. Like this is, this is medical making, making medical history at this moment. And yeah. all of these people are there watching me. This little OR was filled with like 20 people. And then he went, oh, go get Dr. Bergbegood. And they went, oh, crap, what happened? Oh, no. And they found a 90% blockage to my heart. So <laughs> basically, this blockage was so bad that if I had continued doing this triathlon stuff, I would have just dropped dead. It wouldn't have been like, uh, oh, she'd have a heart attack. I, it would have been a massive heart attack. I would have died on the spot. Uh, and it wow. turns out that it was caused by my radiation. Like when the doctor got, because oh. I ended up having to have a transplant or not a transplant, a bypass. But when the doctor yeah. was in, he said it, it took almost 12 and a half hours to do the bypass because he said I was like a nuked piece of steak inside. Mm. Oh, gosh. So it took him hours to cut through, to cut my heart out, to go in and make the changes and ch put in the new equipment. But now my heart is at 45% again. So I'm back to where I was 11 years ago. Wow. And are you still on a transplant list? No, no longer on a transplant list. I am on the list to be part of the next stage of the stem cells. So my hope is that when the pandemic starts to lift up a little bit, that I will be getting my next injection of stem cells in the next six months. And I am super excited about it because then it is one step away from being FDA approved. And I want to be, I want to be there the moment that this goes through because I got my own stem cells, but a woman in the OR next to me was able to get my stem cells to be able to repair her heart. And I just, more women's lives need to be saved. So we need to, to do that. And now I work with the American Heart Association as an advocate for them for heart failure and as a ambassador, because I want to make sure that women take care of themselves. There's not enough protocols. There's not enough information out there for women. And heart disease kills one in three women. Wow. I have a question. Sure. So you, I mean, have this incredible attitude and you've faced death literally like multiple times. times and you just keep, you know, it's almost like, okay, that happened. And now I'm going to just add this to my list of things that I'm going to advocate for, or it's incredible. How, how, <laughs> how do you, how do you do this? Like, I, I'm just shocked. Like anyone kind of facing even just one of these challenges would, I don't know, just maybe have a different attitude or outlook on life than yeah. than you do. And I think it's incredible. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I, I hate saying it like now I, I think through the process, I, I'm in therapy. I'm, I've been in therapy since like birth. My therapist and I have talked about it and, and he says, he says, you're just extraordinary. He's like, there's no way to explain your fight to live. Uh, oh. and, and I said to him, I said, do you think it's because of my Asperger's? Because I call my Asperger's my superpower. It, it enables me mm -hmm. to kind of like read people's body language and get per imperceptible things from them that I would probably, that a, that a neurotypical human would not. And so I, I think that it kind of helps me like not have as much emotion about the things that my husband will tell you I'm very emotional, but not the things that are important. It's always like, oh my gosh, I broke a finger. This is horrible. My husband will be like, mosquito, just mosquito. <laughs> like, like he's so awesome because he'll be like, mosquito stay. It's a mosquito. Just, you know, swat it away and go. 
And and honestly, the story before cancer is really horrific. So more horrific than this. Like this is something that it just with medical stuff that happens. The other stuff that happened to me before cancer is unbelievable. Like I hate it. I, I hate it. And it, I mean, it is what it is. Like I, I was from a family of abuse, uh, both physical, mm. sexual, emotional. The first time I was sexually assaulted, I was five. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was my neighbor. So it wasn't even within my family. But my mother, yeah. my mother has mental or had mental issues. She passed away. So she was unstable my whole life. You know, I, I spent a lot of time being told, just wait till your father gets home. And, and you know, he really, you know, punished me quite severely. The next time that I was assaulted, I was uh, was 11. And it was by my grandfather, my mom's stepfather. And uh. when I went, went to my mom and I said, Mom, he did this to me. And she said, that, that's what men do. You just going to have to deal with it. That's just the story. Men control oh your life and you God. just have to deal with it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's all right. It is what it is. Like it is yeah. what it is. Those things, I mean, fast forward to 16, I'm in a really, my first relationship with a guy who's older than I am. He gets me drunk one night. I wake up because I passed out. I wake up and he, his friends and his family are sexually assaulting me. And all I could do was think of this is my fault. This I did this to myself. This is, I put myself in a situation because men just do this and oh. I, I just have to take this. <laughs> and then what kind of happened after that is even worse because I, I got pregnant from that situation at 16. I ended up not having the baby. I had a termination luckily here. Um, in those days, you could, if you were 16, you were able to go take care of it yourself. I skipped school that day though. And the school called my mom and my mom lost it. And then my dad came home and beat me with an, an inch of my life. And I had to have reconstructive surgery, put my face back together. And like, was he charged? No, that was in the eighties. And at that point they're really, honestly, the, the caseworker that was attached to me in the hospital, she said, we can send you home or we're going to have to put you in an in institution. There isn't really right. any other option. And she said, and I'll be honest with you, going to the institution is not going to be safer. Oh my you God. know, we, wow. we can court mandate, you know, home visits, we can court mandate your family therapy, but you will not be safer in a situation if we take you into custody. I mean, talk about giving you no options. Like that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it was. And, and the two years after that, like I tried to get emancipated. I did, tried to move out. That's unbelievable. Wow. And so even like after all that and then cancer three times and then heart failure and then like you're incredible. Mm-hmm. Like you need like more than Miss World Achievement. You need like, <laughs> well, like what's the level world of domination? That? Yeah. Miss World Domination <laughs> 2022. Exactly. That's going to be our theme song for this whole episode. That's oh amazing. Gosh. I think like so many people with so much less would have, you know, given gone, up, given, given up, gone down such a darker path, uh, or, you know, just sort of, I don't know, just sort of like disappeared. And you really took all of these experiences and channeled it into making the world a little bit of a better place when I don't think the world would have blamed you if you had just chosen yeah. to not. My therapist now, who's amazing, and, you know, we talk about it a lot, you have this remarkable spirit that is just you want to overcome everything and he said and the level of positivity that you have is really what pushes you forward he says I talk about you all the time I'm like (laughs) (laughs) 
thank you i think i mean it's through to yeah <laughs> you know it's it, I, mean, I love that i the purpose this this is purposeful living i live now to share my story to inspire other people to so that one person hears this and goes i needed that and yeah. i i just think back to that moment with elise where you've changed my life and i know that's what i gotta do like i live her legacy every single moment and that is wow. really beautiful to me so uh, yeah that's incredible i don't know if we can say you're incredible enough but you are yeah yeah that- <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. But. <laughs> no, that's really. That's I get a incredible. crown. It's pretty cool. Like the crown is. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> I mean, if anyone deserves a crown, holy cow. That's really amazing. I just love the work that you're doing. We'll make sure to post on our show notes and in our social media about the like the videos that you make and all of the, I think like advocacy work that you do because mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting. I really feel that everybody has their own I used to say their own cancer, but I think that everybody has their own challenge. It's personal to you. It's how you get on the other side of it. I mean, it could be, you know, you've had a divorce, you've had a breakup, you've had, you know, a problem with work, you've had a problem with a child, you've had a problem with, with anything. It can be anything, but everyone always has that one moment where they go, okay, what do I do now? And it's who you are on the other side of it that defines you. It's not the thing that happens to you. And you can choose to have it be today, be a good day or not. You choose happiness. So I choose happiness. That's amazing. Well, Stacy, uh, aside from our funny little audio problems, we're so thankful that you took the time to chat with us today. It has been a blessing and an honor. And I really am grateful for the opportunity. And you ladies are amazing. And I think it's fantastic that you take time to share time with other people to share their stories and share your life because I know that that's not always easy either so thank you so much for for, for being wicked cool oh <laughs> thank, thank you so, you so much, much. It's, it's been so amazing to talk to you and yeah yeah we need to chat again for sure and we'll just why well, we're already headed to Florida on our world tour when that happens yeah so gonna. we'll have to meet up in Miami when the world tour happens, well, I want to. Yeah. I want to be part of that. That would be cool. Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. Yeah, we're like we're just mapping it out. Every time we interview somebody, we're like, okay, now we're going here. It'll be good. Miami, in Miami is very nice, so you'll like it. I've heard. Yeah. I have. I have been to Miami a few times. We just it's, have to get there before nice. the water. Takes yes, over. definitely. It just means that my house will now have beachfront property. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll reconnect soon. Awesome. You guys are fantastic. Stay safe and I appreciate it. You too. Be well. Bye. 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 Hey, Michelle. Hello. Are you less sleepy? No. Because oh, we sorry. recorded Andrew five seconds ago. I know. Well, <laughs> I know, but it's been this whole episode now. I know. Oh I gosh. had a nap. Stacy, thank you so much. She's incredible. I know. She's so funny and so uplifting. and <sighs> I mean, so positive and inspiring. Yeah. I really think if somebody were to describe me, inspiring and positive are not words no. That would be used. Mine would be like, she's grumpy most of the time. She's Salty. tired like 99% of her life. Yeah. And she's kind of judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> I know that that funny meme that's like, I'd never get murdered because I don't light yeah. up a room when yeah. I walk in. And Or I, it's like, if you're ever being interviewed about me on Dateline, like, don't say that I am charismatic or... Yeah. Yeah, because it's not... Be like, not she's us. a little salty, cynical, <laughs> uh, really judgmental. <laughs> But a really good sense of humor. So There we go. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, that was really great. And I didn't even know that there was a misachievement world. No. But now I want to be in a pageant. Yeah. What would you do? Be? it. I think I would be the pageant coach. I think I would be like oh, off stage, yeah. like doing the dance moves, like, you know, toddlers and tiaras, like yes. very animated. Yeah. Reminding you of what you need to be doing. I don't know if I'd want to be in the pageant or be like the show director. Yeah, I could see either for you. I, yeah. I could see you definitely being in the pageant because you're very like Like I want outgoing. to be on stage. Yeah. Yeah. But then I could also see you like in the background, like with the headset on and yeah. you're like, you need to miss, miss Connecticut. You, you yeah. need to be on stage and let's yeah. go. Let's Clipboard go. in my hand. Yeah. Coffee in my other hand. Yeah. I could Ooh, see that. Or an assistant behind me holding my coffee because yes. I'm very busy writing notes. Perfect. Yeah. I like that for me. I, love I like that. that for you too. Okay. All right. Um, so, guys, if you're not already, you should really follow us on social media. Yeah. We're, why aren't you? Why aren't you? I mean, seriously. We are on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and then now also, well, we're on Patreon. Uh-huh. So if you're like, God, I love these ladies, uh-huh. how can I better support them? And on Patreon, our latest episode is starting to tell my story. Yeah. This has been a long time coming. So... We're easing into it. Our first episode is about um, how me and my husband met. Yeah. And we uh, had Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom Mm -hmm. in the interview with us. So that was really fun because we all met at the same time. Yeah, I know. We all met Anthony around the same age. Yeah. And yeah, your story, we're going to take our time with it. Make sure that you're in a good space for Mm it. Um, But I'm really excited to tell it. Yes, me too. I'm excited, yeah, for for that for that um so yeah if yeah if you want to be on our patreon you get a ton of free episodes Uh no not free they are not free for your monthly (laughs) subscription you get two bonus episodes a month uh if you're not into that and you want to buy us a coffee you can go to buy me a coffee and it's like a cute one time like somebody sent us Somebody all the way from Germany our initial yeah our very very first first OG patreon member sent us coffee and it was the cutest thing i cannot adorable. tell you how much my day lit up i know it was amazing from that yeah and if you're like i don't want to give you my money but i support you anyway that's valid absolutely leave us a review yeah share our podcast on social media tell your friends about it because that is honestly oh the, huge you know, tag us in your stories yeah we're trying to get to forty thousand downloads we're almost we're at thirty six thousand. We're, we're getting there i think by christmas maybe just after christmas oh i before that Okay, okay. I just, okay. I don't want to get I know you're too... being conservative. I'm, con- I'm very conservative. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you are described yeah. as conservative. Yeah. Conservative. I light up a room. I'm just very positive. Yeah, you're also a free spirit. I'm a free spirit. <laughs> as I just said in our intro, how much I need roots, and I'm like yeah, exactly. falling apart at living out of You know, we don't bag. know who we are, okay? We're, we're working on it. It's a journey, not a destination. <laughs> I think that's our cue to leave. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.